Good morning. How is everybody? My name is Mike, if you don't know me. Uh, welcome. For those of you, it's your first time here. Uh, you're surrounded by strange people. This is normally not how Sunday mornings work. Uh, but as Alan said, we had the ladies retreat. And uh, I saw some pictures from yesterday. There was a lot of ladies here. A lot of ladies. And it looked awesome. I was talking to my wife about some of the lessons, and she had nothing but good things to say. Um, Debbie, she couldn't talk enough about your lesson. I know I'm embarrassing you, but she was like, oh my gosh, it was so good. Um, if it's your first time here, welcome. Uh, as you came in, they should have handed you a bulletin. On the inside are some notes. If you want to follow along in the lesson, uh, you can get those out. We're going to jump into it in a minute. Um, Nicole asked me real quick to mention for the ladies there's a class coming up called Made to Crave, right? Made to Crave. Um, and if you're interested in taking that class, there's a sign-up sheet at the Welcome Center, or you can talk to Nicole. Uh, it's going to be coming up in March and April. Uh, again, Made to Crave. Uh, Tim started a sermon series called The One Another Way, where we're talking about one another, what it means to be together, what it means to be a church, um, what that looks like. Uh, today we're going to be talking about serving one another. Now, I know uh, I'm not the first person to jump up off the couch and say, I want to go serve. So this is kind of a, a lesson to me, too. Um, if you open up your notes, the first, the first passage there, um, we're going to read in a second. I want to let you guys know, uh, I've learned from Tim to look at multiple translations of the Bible. Um, and lately... I've been reading with my daughters a lot out of the International Children's Bible. So you're going to see a lot of passages from the International Children's Bible today. I highly recommend reading it. Before, Tim would say that, and I'd be like, whatever, International Children's Bible, okay. And then I started reading it, and it's like me and Carl just sit there and be like, whoa. The way it says it sometimes. It's really cool. So uh, I highly recommend reading out of the International Children's Bible when you get a chance. Alright, so, serving one another. John chapter 13, verse 35, in the Amplified Version. It says, By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love and unselfish concern for one another. So what does it mean to serve one another? Well, Jesus made it pretty clear that it's love and unselfish concern for one another. That's what service is. And that unselfish part, I really appreciate, don't like, appreciate the way the Amplified says it there. That and, and it really emphasizes the and. Have unselfish concern for one another. Jesus set an example for us to follow. Even before He died on the cross, even before He washed His disciples' feet, He set an example for us. If you think about it, Christianity is the one faith where you don't have to go up the mountain to be with God. Back when the Israelites were traveling, they would see all these other cultures. You had the pyramids and the ziggurats. They were just flat-top pyramids. You have all these cultures that build mounds and hills and temples that are tall so they could be close to God. Jesus came down the mountain to us. Philippians 2, verses 6 through 7, says, Who being in the very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used for, to his own advantage. 
Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. As I was getting ready for this sermon this week, I wrote down some notes, and I put, God came down the mountain to be with us, even to the point of giving up his divinity to become human. Last night I was reading through this, I was like, that's wrong. That's not right. He didn't give up his divinity. He gave up his place in heaven. He didn't become less God, but he became, he went to a different place. He gave up a spot in heaven next to the Father just so he could come down to be with us. Now, I don't know if you guys know anything about heaven, but that's a pretty big deal because heaven's a pretty awesome place. In Galatians 5, 13 in the International Children's Bible, it says, My brothers, God called you to be free, but do not use your freedom as an excuse to do things that please your sinful self. Serve each other with love. I began to attend Greater Alton Church not because I had a friend going here, not because my family went here, not because it was an awesome worship service or we sat in weird tables. I started coming to Greater Alton because I saw love. Now, it's one thing to say I love you, right? It's one thing to profess love. It's another thing to turn love into a verb. It's another thing to act on that love. You see, our freshman year of college, Cassie met this young woman named Desiree, and she was a member here. She was attending here, and through a series of conversations, uh, Desiree invited Cassie to go to a Bible talk. And, and when Cassie got there, after she realized that there was people struggling with the same stuff she was struggling with, except they were overcoming it through God's help and His people's help. And she realized, I need some help. So she started coming here. And she started getting the help she, she needed. I saw her life change. I saw God work in her life. And the struggle she was having... God helped her overcome through His people. Through people serving her. And I got to see firsthand the love of God through His people in someone's life. And I was like, you know what? That's a pretty cool place. I'm going to go check that out. So I showed up on Easter, Easter morning, 2002, I think it was. And it was strange. These are weird people. Like, I walked, this wasn't here. I walked through those doors, and we used to meet where the little kids meet, and the coffee cart was pretty much the same, and I walked in, and all of a sudden there's like three people coming up and hugging me, and I'm like, uh, I don't know you, but we know you. Cassie has talked about you, and we're so excited to meet you. And I got to see serving hearts, people who loved each other and did anything that they needed to do to help their brothers and sisters in Christ. That's what won me back to Christ. Not to Greater Alton, to Christ. My loyalty is to God. But His people, serving me and my girlfriend at the time, showed us His love. Can we say that we're still that group of people? Can we say that when somebody who has never been here before can walk through those doors... And see that. I hope we can. But I think we, even if we can, we can do better. 
we can really serve each other. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, again, the International Children's Bible. Oh, I already read that. Sorry. Galatians 10. I'm getting backwards. Galatians 6.10. Galatians 6.10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. I do not know about you guys, but for me, I tend to bend over backwards for somebody that I'm studying the Bible with, somebody that I'm reaching out to, somebody who's in the world. I tend to go above and beyond for those people, but for my brother and sister in Christ, I don't know, I'm busy that night. I'm just confessing, I have a hard time. I luckily have an amazing wife who pokes me and kicks me and shoves me out the door and says, you need to go do this because... Let's be real. Naturally, I'm lazy. Naturally, I'm selfish. I would like to say that I'm different. I'd like to be able to stand up here and say, you guys should do this just like me, but can't really always say that. We're supposed to give special consideration to those who belong to the family of Christ. You see, the world is looking at us for something different. The world lives in darkness. And if they can look at us and see light, they're going to want to have that light. But, but can they see that light? Can they see us serving each other? Because God loves us. We want to love other people. Do they see that? So, this morning... I want to talk about why we should serve our brothers and sisters. And then I want to talk about how. So on your notes, it says, why should I serve my brothers and sisters? And there's a few points there with some blanks you can fill in if you want to follow along. So why should I serve my brothers and sisters? Number one, because God told me to serve them. I mean, that's... Seems really simple. It's like the Sunday school answer. What's the answer to everything? Jesus! But it's what the Bible says. God told me to. In John chapter 13, verse 15, it says, I did this as an example for you, so you should do as I have done for you. So we're commanded to serve each other. Now, I don't know about you guys, but my daughter, Kara, looks for every loophole ever. Well, Daddy, why are you mad at me? You didn't say do it now. You just said do it. Somebody could look at this and say, it says should, right there. So you should. Um, where I work, should, I call that a four-letter word. Like, every time we make something, I work in a steel shop, and sometimes we have to make homemade tooling, Every time we make tooling and I'm told this should work, I stand off to the side as I'm using it. One time that didn't help me because it shot this way. But, but that's not a four-letter word here, and that's also not a suggestion. Have you guys growing up, let's say you had some chores to do. Let's say one of them was cut the grass, and your mom looks out the window and goes, grass sure is tall. Is that a suggestion of anything? 
in your head, you're like, I, I'm going to go cut the grass. Or the grass is, or the trash is getting pretty full. I should probably take the trash out. They're not suggestions, really, are they? No. You should do this. That means do it. <laughs> so God is telling us to serve one another. That's the first one. That's easy, right? That's easy. God told me to do it. I should do it. Second one. It strengthens God's family. Now on your notes, up here it says my family. Same thing, right? Should be. Is it for you? It is for me. Serving strengthens God's family. Acts 4, 34-35 They all received the things they needed. Everyone that owned fields or houses sold them. They brought the money and gave it to the apostles. Then each person was given the things that he needed. When we serve each other, we share the weight. We share the burdens of the community. I know at work, we have some tooling that is ridiculously heavy. Uh, I have some 12-foot tooling that is, the, the die alone weighs like 150 pounds. The punch weighs like three times that. I can move the die on my own. The punch ain't going anywhere. I, I, no. But if me and a couple other guys grab it, we can move it anywhere in the shop. Right? So we're sharing that weight. Together we can do more. Are you guys sharing the burdens of your brothers and sisters? Uh, we have a, a special contribution coming up, and we're going to talk more about that in a minute. But um, Cassie and I have been talking to our girls about it. Because we believe that if there's this bought-in mentality. Like, if I'm helping, it becomes part of mine, right? Have you thought about that before? Where if you're giving to something, that becomes part of yours. And we've been talking to the girls about the special contribution because they love summer camp and they love this church. And special contribution is going to go help both of those things. So, Kara and Blythe got me in a Pokemon card game. I love playing it with them. And it, it's fun. I never even thought to play this game before last year. And uh, we were doing some tournaments and stuff. And uh, one of the prizes was packs of cards. And um, Kara got this pack of cards. And she opened it up. And she's like, look at this card! And I, it's shiny. That's great. Madison Kiffmeyer goes, put it in a sleeve right now. <laughs> what? Put it in a sleeve right now. Do it. I'm like, okay, so we did it. And it's this Charizard card, and it's all shiny and textured and rainbow and pretty. And I'm like, it's a card. So what? He goes, look up how much it is. And that day when we looked it up, it was worth $85. I don't know why somebody would pay $85 for this card, but somebody would. So we put it in the sleeve. I go, Cara, you're not playing with this card. Why? We can buy the regular one for $2. So you can use that. Oh, okay. Well, the special contribution came up, and Cara was already planning on selling this card. Well, by the time we got around to selling it, it had gone up to like $140. And I was like, okay. So Billy helped me sell it. We got 85 for it, which I was happy with, because stores would only give you half, and that was a little more than half. And we get the money back, and I'm like, okay, and I'm holding money up for her. 
I'm like, what are you going to do with this money? I go, you can spend 10 of it. She goes, How about 20? <laughs> we can spend 15. Done. Okay. So there's 15. You have $70 left. What are you going to do with this? Because some of it's got to go to savings. I want to put $10 in the special contribution envelope. Okay. So we took it, put it in our envelope. I go, and the rest is going to savings? She goes, the rest is going to savings. Okay. I didn't tell her to do that. But she knows there's a need. And she knows that she can help. And we've talked about what can we get rid of, what can we sell to help our family. Because honestly, that's what it is. It's helping our family. It's helping God's family. What can you do to help spread the weight? The third thing. Why should I serve my brothers and sisters? Because it promotes God's love. Serving promotes God's love. Galatians 5, 13-14 You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. No one here can tell me that they never felt love when someone served them selflessly. I think that's impossible. If somebody is serving you, there is no way you cannot feel love. Think about a time somebody has helped you out, who has willingly done something out of their way to help you. You felt love. There was a night, uh, Cassie was still pregnant with Kara, and something was going, something was amiss. There was, I can't remember what it was, but something was going wrong, and we needed to get to the hospital. But we didn't know what to do with Blythe. She was too, she was itty bitty. And, um, we're getting loaded up, and we have friends. They're more than friends. They're brothers and sisters. And they have told us, anytime you need anything, you call. So we're getting in the car, and between our house and the hospital is Billy and Jen's house. And so we call Billy and Jen. Billy was home, and he's like, yeah, drop her off. It's not a problem. Okay, so we dropped Blythe off. It was just Billy at home, and uh, Brian Alfred was coming over to help him with something. And they just took care of Blythe, so we didn't have to worry about it. So we could focus on what was going on with Cassie. And as you can tell, since Cara's here, everything was fine. Everything worked out. And that night didn't become this night that I remember stressing out because both my children, there's something going on with both my children. It became the night that Billy lost his dinner. You see, Billy had ordered himself Chinese food that night, and my daughters call him Uncle Billy for a reason. When Blythe showed up, Billy said, you want some Chinese food? And she said, sure. And they were working on something. And then Jen got home and said, Blythe, come on up here and hang out with me. So Blythe grabbed all the Chinese food and went upstairs. That's what I remember about that night. And I felt incredibly loved because of it. So did Blythe. Billy felt hungry. <laughs> what are you doing that promotes God's love? What am I doing that promotes God's love? You see, if, if serving was just like two hours, and, two hours a week, I'd be done on Thursday. Like, just Thursday night, I'm done. I'm done with my service for the week. Woo! 
It's more than that. It's, it's something that's going to promote love. So how can I begin to serve my family? How can I begin to serve God's family? Again, same thing. Well, I can begin to serve them, number one, with my blessings. I can serve them with my blessings. Second Corinthians chapter 8, 1 and 2 in the International Children's Bible. It says, And now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God gave the churches in Macedonia. They have been tested by great troubles, and they are very poor. But they gave much because of their joy. I used to hold on to my stuff like this. White knuckling it. Because it was mine. I worked for it. I bought it. It was my stuff. A lot of that stuff I didn't even buy. It was given to me. That was a lie in my own head. But you know what happens when you hold on to your stuff like this and God tells you to give it to somebody? It's got to get ripped out of your hands. If you've ever had anything ripped out of your hands, that hurts a lot. And over the course of my walk with God, I've learned, on, learned to hold on to my stuff like this. And I've learned it's not really my stuff. It's God's. He just lets me have it. And let's be real. The stuff I have, I have a lot of fun with. I enjoy the stuff I have. But every once in a while, God says, I need that. I need that. I'm, I'm going to take that and use it. I'm going to make my kingdom stronger because I'm going to use it. And I'd like to tell you that it doesn't hurt now when God takes my stuff to use in the kingdom. It still does. I still have problems with thinking of it as my stuff. I wish I could say it was getting easier for me to sacrifice for my family. But, well, I wish I could say it was easy. It's getting easier. I hold on to my stuff more loosely because I know God can use anything I have. He's used Pokemon cards, for goodness sake. Who thought Pokemon cards would have advanced the kingdom? That's weird. That's weird to me. But God can use anything. Did you guys notice in this passage what about the Macedonian church? says they've been tested by great troubles. They've been suffering. And it says they're very poor. So they're in trouble and they're poor. And it's not first world poor either, by the way. Because we can be first world poor, but then you can be third world poor. But they still gave because of their great joy. What stops you from giving? What stops you from using your stuff, your things? So that special contribution that's coming up. Maybe that's where God is, is challenging you to use your stuff. I know, uh, I've, I've, I've been working extra so that I could give something. Um, the last time we had a special contribution, we bought the chairs that you're all sitting in. And I remember that. I can't remember exactly how many Cassie and I bought. I want to say it was like two and a half. We were brand new, newly married, in college still, and we were broke, but we wanted to do something because we knew somebody was going to sit in that chair and they were going to hear about Jesus. And I was really excited about that. 
I'm really excited about this special contribution because my daughter Blythe is over the top excited for camp. Like, camp got done last summer, and she started planning camp for the next summer. Like, okay, so I'm going to sit in this cabin, and I'm going to be with these people, and I'm going to swim at this time. I go, whoa, whoa, you're not in control of any of that. But I could ask. I go, no, you're not even going to ask. You're just going to go where they put you. Okay, but camp is so cool. When can I start going to camp with you? No. (laughs) Slow down. No, daddy's not ready for you to be a teenager yet. Uh, But she's over the top excited. And Cara's excited. And she doesn't even get to go until like two years. She's like, I want to help. I want to swim in the new pool. They're thinking about the pool. I'm thinking about the building. I'm like, oh man, I have the building paid off. All the stuff we could do, it'd be awesome. So cool. Maybe God's calling you to to give to the special contribution. Maybe that's not it. Maybe He's calling you to give regularly. Something regularly. To help with the family. To help with His family. Every week. Every month. Maybe that's not it. Maybe there's something you have. Something that God wants to use to advance the kingdom. Maybe you have Pokemon cards. (laughs) Maybe you have a car. Maybe you have that one tool that's hard to find that somebody needs. There's something you have that God can use to advance His kingdom. What can you do with your blessings? I can't tell you exactly what God is asking you to give up or to sell to help his family. But I would bet that there's something of yours he needs to use. The second, second way we can begin to serve our family is with our abilities. Now, we're going to watch a clip from Field of Dreams here about our abilities. Yeah. <laughs> if he plays it, they will. It was working. Don't worry about it, Pat. I'll just explain it. It's all right. I highly suggest watching Field of Dreams. It's a great movie. But there's a scene um, near the end of the movie where Ray is arguing with Shoeless Joe Jackson. And uh, because I can't remember his name, Darth Vader's, James Earl Jones' character, uh, gets invited to go with them to the cornfield. And Ray's like, wait, what? No, this is my field. Those are my, that's my corn you're going into. And Ray, and Ray Liotta, Shoeless Joe Jackson goes, what are you saying, Ray? Are you saying what's in it for you? No, I'm, I'm, what's in it for me? Yeah, yeah, what's in it for me? What's in it for you? This is, this invitation's for him. But I built it. If you build it, he will come. Yeah, if you build it, he will come. And he turns, and there's a guy picking up, picking up equipment. And it's his dad. You don't have to admit that you cried in that movie. 
Somebody may have been cutting onions. But he gets to play catch with his dad. I could serve people with my abilities. He built that field, right? Hebrews 6.10 in the Good News Translation. It says, God is not unfair. He will not forget the work you did or the love you showed for Him in the help you gave and are still giving to other Christians. God is not unfair. Do you guys believe that? I know there's a lot of people here who don't get noticed. They do a lot of serving and you, would, you, you don't know. You don't know why these windows are always clean. You don't know why the, why the urinals in the men's bathroom smell like candy. They're not. Don't eat it. Do you guys, do you guys know there was a year where we went to summer camp and we took 50 teens and about 20 of them got paid for. They didn't have money. They didn't either have. They either didn't have all or part of the money for camp. And the church paid for them. I get to. I get a front seat to that as a youth leader. I get to see people support our team, and they go unrecognized. They ask to go unrecognized because it's not about them. About God's family. And if you're one of those people who are doing all this serving behind the scenes, please don't get discouraged. God, God is not unfair. And He loves what you're doing for the kingdom. The rest of us, we need to be more vigilant and observant about things that need to be done. We all have abilities. There are things that each one of you can do that I cannot do. Because God hasn't given me that ability. Are you good with, a, with fixing cars or fixing electronics? Are you good at cooking? Are you good with kids or teenagers? Are you one of those sick people that enjoy cleaning? I mean, some people have problems. But... If you're one of those people, God can use those abilities. I, people have, have used their abilities to serve me. I can think there was a, there was a night, uh, it was an afternoon, it was a Sunday afternoon, and one of the teens was getting his first car. And I was like, do you know how to change your oil? No. Everybody needs to know how to change their oil. Everybody. Because something could happen, you need to know how to change your oil. We'll use my SUV, because he didn't have a car yet. So we get out my jack, and we jack up my SUV, and we get the oil pan out, and we got the oil sitting there, and the filter sitting there, and I'm like, alright, this is how you do it. So we got underneath the truck, and right there's the pan. See this, see this bolt? You undo it, that's the plug. Everything drains out. Alright, so we start undoing it, everything starts draining out. That don't look like oil. Looks like transmission fluid. Put my finger in there, that's red. That's transmission fluid. I'm teaching you how to flush transmission. So we get that all drained. And I'm like, this is no big deal. Where's the oil pan? <laughs> I can't find the oil pan. 
I was like, there's a skid plate that's only like this big. I go, it can't be under the skid plate. Put, drop the skid plate. It's right there next to the transmission fluid. They're like, they're right, like right there. And I'm like, oh, dang it. Okay, so we're going to drain, we're going to pour this into this jug, and then we're going to drain the oil, we're going to do the oil, we'll fix the transmission fluid later. Okay, so we do all that, we get in the car, we go back to AutoZone, because we've already been there once to get the oil, we get the transmission fluid, and the guy's like, didn't you just, weren't you just here for oil, didn't you? No. <sighs> so we get back, we fill the oil up, right, and I'm like, alright, so now we got the transmission fluid. I go, so we just pour it in the spout, we get it up. Do you see a dipstick that says transmission fluid? No. Do you see a spout that says transmission fluid? No. Dang it. <laughs> Three hours. Three hours later, Cassie's taking him home. I'm still standing there. I call Mike Kiffmeyer. Because if you have problems, you call Mike Kiffmeyer. Don't call Mike Kiffmeyer any, for, after search. I'm going to get yelled at. <laughs> Fifteen people called me, Mike. I'm sorry. I call Mike, I go, Mike, I accidentally drained transmission fluid and I can't find the spot to put it back in. You know what? I'll be there in a little bit. Okay. It's dark in the middle of summer, so it's got to be after eight. And as he pulled into my driveway, I found it. My battery case had broke and shifted over and covered up the transmission spout. I found it as he pulls in and he gets out. I'm like, Mike, I am so sorry. I just figured it out. He goes, that's all right. I'll collect my $50 fee anyway. I'm like, okay. They got it. He, he was going to use his ability to help me. But are, are you willing to use the abilities God has given you to serve his family? Again, there is something you can do that can help the family of God. I don't know everybody here. I don't know everybody's ability. Abilities. But I know there's something you can do. You just gotta look. Pray about it. Search what, search God's word for what He says to you. The third thing, the third thing we can do to begin serving our family, we can serve them with our, with my presence. I can serve them with my presence. In Matthew 26, verses 36 through 38. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there to pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him. And he began to be sorrowful and troubled. He said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. A few years ago, I lost both my grandma and my oldest cousin within the span of two weeks. My oldest cousin was like my brother growing up. And, and my grandma, obviously, I was, I was close to my grandma. And it was, a, it was kind of a dark time for me. I, I was, it was rough. I didn't know how to process all of that. Um, I was a pallbearer twice within two weeks of really close family members. And I don't know how they found out about it, because I wasn't just going around talking about it, but Bob and Faye approached Cassie and I after church one Sunday and said, what are you doing, let's say Thursday, I can't remember what day of the week it was, what are you doing then, nothing? You guys want to come over for coffee and talk? I, I would love that. I can't tell you exactly what we talked about that night. I know we talked about eternity, how we play a role in eternity, 
What I do know is that Bob and Faye were there. And they were sharing God with me and Cass. And it was awesome. And I really appreciate that. I know I've told you before, but I just really appreciate that. You see, they were there. Are you willing to be there like Jesus' disciples were there for Him? Jesus needed somebody by Him. And it's Jesus. Jesus. God in flesh. But He needed somebody to be there with Him. Of course, they fell asleep. But let's not focus on that. Are you willing to pick up the phone at 2 a.m. to talk with a brother who's struggling with a sin? Are you willing to sacrifice that sleep just to be on the other line, other end of the line to talk with them? Are you willing to just go get coffee with a new mom who just needs a break out of the house? Can you give somebody a ride to work? Can you just show up and sit with somebody who just lost their spouse or a loved one? Our time is our most precious commodity, and I would argue that that's the thing we're most selfish with. I can argue that because for me, that's the thing I'm most selfish with. My couch likes to move, and I need to hold it down. That's my time. You know what I would love to do after I get off work? I would love to drive home, take a shower, sit on the couch for about 45 minutes, and relax in a quiet house. I would love that. Absolutely love that. Never going to happen. At least not anytime soon. And I'm okay with that. What I do is I get off work. I go pick up my daughters. And they always yell at me that I get there too early. Even though I get there the same time every day. And then we drive home and they start doing homework. And I do dishes. And then I get a shower. And then we sit down and we have our quiet time. And we go over homework. And we talk about what they read. And we write it all down. And then I start dinner. I usually don't really sit down until after dinner. I might get a break here and there, but it's not until after dinner. You know why that's okay with me? Because they're my kids. Because they need my time. They need me there. There are people in this family, in God's family, the people sitting in this room, that need you there. There are people struggling right now in this room with loss and grief, with sorrow, with anxiety, with depression, with just useless, feeling, being, feeling useless. You just gave them your time. How much more would that strengthen the family? Think about a time in your life where somebody was just there. Just there. They didn't even have to say anything. But because they were there, you were, you were loved. You were strengthened. God is calling us to be different than the world. This is not a place where we bite and kick and fight to get ahead. We get there together because the one another way is the best way. So where is He calling you to serve with your time? If we're going to be different than the world, that means we're going to be do, we're going to do stuff we don't want to do. 
and doing stuff we don't want to do is going to open doors. It's going to show a way for people in darkness to see something better. Recently, in mine and Cassie's life, just serving somebody has melted hearts. And I don't want to give detail, but there's somebody really close to us that thinks the world of us right now, but just a few years ago, we were public enemy number one. All because we decided we made a conscious, verbal effort, we talked about it, saying we're going to do this. This is exactly what that person needs us to do, and we're going to do it, even though we're at odds with them right now. And it's been so awesome to see that door open. We get to go on vacation with them this year. It's going to be fantastic. I'm actually looking really forward to it. It's going to be fantastic because we serve them. What's below you? What are you too good to do? Galatians 6, verse 3, in the New Living Translation, and i got to be honest, when I read this, I had to check that it was actually the Bible I was reading. It says, if you think you are too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You are not that important. Jesus got up from the table the night before he died and took off his rabbi uniform and put on his servant uniform and got down and washed the disciples' feet. That's gross. Especially if you think that they walked everywhere and what they walked through. That's disgusting. But he left his place. We talked about that at the beginning. He left his place. So first he leaves heaven to come to earth. Now he's leaving the seat at the head of the table and leaving his spot as the teacher to come be the slave. The one person who shouldn't have had to do it. Because it wasn't below him. He wasn't too important and he wasn't too good to do it. What is beneath you? What are you too good to do? Because I would bet that's where God is going to start working on you. I need to ask myself, what is beneath me? And what am I too good to do? And you know the worst part about this, about saying that right now, is at some point this week, Cassie's going to be like, you remember what you said on Sunday? And I'm like, dang it. Well, I guess i got to listen to the preacher. So how are we going to show the world something different? Well, we're going to be like Jesus. And we're going to live counterculturally. We're going to serve others and not ourselves. At the bottom of your notes, there's a big empty spot right here where there's nothing. I would encourage you to write down in there where God is challenging you to serve in His family. What is He pointing out to you? Maybe He spoke to you this morning. Maybe He's going to speak to you later. But pray about it. Talk to Him about it. Where is He showing you that you need to step up and start serving His family? Because I'm going to be honest. I don't like getting up and going out. 
that's the hard part. Once I'm there, once I'm doing it, it's awesome. I have fun. I, I can't remember the last time I did not enjoy serving somebody. Uh, I can think of <sighs> Root Beer Kegger, for example. Or Root Beer Riot, sorry. Root Beer Riot. Every year. I don't think I've missed one in a long time. It's a pain to get my grill in the back of my truck. Anybody who's helped me move my grill will agree with me. I built this grill. It's made out of 10-gauge steel, and it's huge, and it's heavy, and it's awesome, and I feel like a man every time I cooked. I smoked ribs yesterday. They were delicious. But it sucks moving. It's busted the glass out of the back of my truck because the ratchet straps gave out because it was too heavy. And somebody cut me off in traffic, and it went through my window. It's a pain to move. Once it's in the bed of my truck, I'm excited, because that means we're going to the root beer riot, and I get to cook all night long. But that initial startup, I really got to amp myself up to do it, because I really don't want to. And sometimes I'm like, you know what, there might be enough grills there, I could just use somebody else's. There's other times serving, I'm like, ugh, no. No. But once we're there, it's fun. I can spend time with God's people. And any time spent with God's people is a good time. What is God asking you to do to serve His family? Write that down in that spot. Pray about it if you don't have anything on your mind right now. Inside your bulletins, there's a prayer card. And I would encourage you to fill out that prayer card, to write down a prayer to God. God, I don't know where you're asking me to serve. I don't know what it is I have that you want to use. Be thoughtful about your prayers. God listens. God answers prayer. And let me tell you what, if you're going to legitimately pray about God, where do you want me to serve? He's going to tell you. He's going to show you where He can use you in His kingdom. The the prayer cards for the, for the guests here, uh, I'd encourage you to fill one out. Not everybody reads them. We have a prayer team who prays over them. They stay confidential. We don't talk about it. Even the prayer team doesn't talk to each other about the cards that they've been praying over. And godly people go to God with your prayers and, and ask for intercession. Ask for God to work in your life on, based on your prayer. Uh, after I pray, they're going to sing a song and they're going to pass the baskets. Uh, the baskets, you can put your prayer card in there. If you're a guest here, don't give. I mean, if you really want to, you can. But we didn't ask you to come here to get something from you. We wanted to serve you. We wanted to give you something. Our members are going to be giving their, their offering to God in that basket along with their prayer cards. Something I love about this church is we're not... That was another thing that won me to Christ with, with this church is that we're not out to get something from you. We really do want to serve you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, please show me where I'm being selfish with what You've given me. Please help me to serve my family better. Help us as a family to be a light, to shine into the darkness, into this dark world that we live. Please guide us. Please help us show our love to each other and let that love flow out through, throughout the world, out of this building, Help us to take that love we have here and share it with the world. 
Allow our service to melt hearts and open paths to lead people to You. I am so grateful for this church and for the opportunities that You've given us, given me. Please help me to be a servant that strengthens Your family. I love You, Father. In Your name I pray. Amen.